Hi everyone, welcome back. And we're in September now. Oh my god, how though? That's what I want to say first is how is it September? It's absolutely crazy. This year is flying. But this month's podcast is all about the perimenopause. Now, I'd say probably maybe one of my first ever, like the first year of this podcast, I've done a podcast just on menopause and I've done one on the cycle as well. But the more research I've done and the more studying I've been doing, I've realised that perimenopause actually needs a podcast episode of its own because there's lots to talk about. So grab yourself a cuppa and let's dig in. And this applies also to anyone who is anything from mid-30s upwards girls. You need to be listening to this. Um, I am turning 40 next year and all this stuff that I'm learning now, I wish I would have known in my 20s, my early 30s. But you know, it's never too late, is it? Every day is a school day so today we are going to be covering the perimenopause and in this life season circle it is our autumn of our life season so that's what we're going to be covering today so grab yourself a cuppa and let's go So let's dig in then. So we're going to start with probably the most, one of the most sciencey things I'll say today. So what actually is perimenopause? So it's basically, the long and short of it is, the, na- the natural physiological process that goes on in the body that's caused by all the hormone fluctuations as our ovaries start to produce less and less eggs and run out of eggs and then that is what gets us to menopause and as I said in the intro it's classed as like the autumn so in our I love the like the life seasons of our life and this is classed as the autumn and as we shift into this perimenopause it's a it's an amazing time to start looking inwards you know becoming more reflective um, and this can be a really, really hard haul. We can start questioning our boundaries, our authorities, and we've got more space to like face the truth, but also to be able to let go as well. But if we resist it, it can be really, really hard. It's also a time to slow down as well, be gentle with ourselves. And this is where we start noticing the main things, which is like the changes to our cycle. And this is one of the first things you'll notice. So as I mentioned then, your hormones will start to decline. They'll start to fluctuate. And it's a it's a time of transition, basically. So we're going from having our normal menstrual cycles. And then the as we come out of the perimenopause, we're then into the menopause where we don't have, have a cycle anymore. But if you're listening to this and you're like, well, she said if I'm in my 30s to listen, trust me, girls. I wouldn't have listened to this if I hadn't done all this studying. So from about 35 onward, we start to have massive changes within our bodies, changes with our cycles, and lots of other stuff will be going on as well. And it's hard not sometimes to judge, isn't it? Not sometimes to want to judge what's going on. But the more educated we are, the more we can empower this kind of transition so there's going to be a lot of changes going on in the body there's going to be changes in the body shape there's going to be changes in the weight of the body as well and I think it's something that is not really talked about a lot and it's something that I wanted to talk about so the average age is 45 and the symptoms and the changes that we can get can last 
for between two to ten years, but the average is four. Now, I'm saying averages there in quotation marks, which you obviously can't see, but shut your eyes, pretend you can. Because everyone's different, aren't they? Everyone's cycle's different. Everyone's life's different. Everything about us is different, and that's a good thing. wouldn't want to be the same as everyone else, would you? No, definitely not. So... The first thing most most women will notice is that the cycle will start to change and these changes can be like different for everyone. So we will still have some form of a cycle, but it will start to change. Some people will get longer and heavier cycles. Some people will get shorter and lighter cycles. So my biggest bit of advice I can give you is to start tracking your cycle now. No matter how old you are, start tracking your cycle. If you've got an iPhone, on the iPhone there's a free on the health app. You can track it there. You can go old school, use a diary. But don't just say, yeah, this is day one of my period. Start to track how you're feeling in the lead up as well. Tracking any symptoms, physical, physiological, psychological symptoms that are going on around that time. And start to get to know your body because the more equipped you are with any changes that are going on and the more you can you can notice when things are happening you start to notice a pattern plus if you ever need to go and see a doctor or a gynae or anything like that if you're going in with actual solid evidence where you've been recording that really really helps so my biggest tip for this if the only thing you take away from this is to start tracking your cycle and that goes for anyone even if you're a teenager start doing it i wish i would have done it but you know it is what it is i've started now so that'll be the first thing that you'll start to notice. You might also start to notice, now I can speak a little bit from this from personal experience, but other things you might notice is your outlook on everything. So you'll have a greater feeling of wanting to self-express. There'll be a lot of like, as I said before, where you start to be a bit reflective and come inwards. And I, this is one thing I've noticed massively that's happened with me that I, my whole outlook on everything and my greater form of self-expression and self-want and self-need has become more apparent in the past 18 months for me. So as I said at the beginning, I turned 40 next year, so I'm obviously 39 now. Um, and since I turned maybe 37 to 38, I started noticing massive changes. So my first change has been with my cycle. I've had massive body changes as well. So my body at the minute is retaining weight a little bit more. Um, I'm noticing of a night that I'm getting some of the night sweats that come on and I get migraines around about that time. And the insomnia and the night sweats and the migraine migraines are all part of these changes. Basically, your hormonal landscape is start, starting to change. So when we were younger and we went through puberty and then we started our menstrual cycles, that was kind of like the first start of all our hormonal changes. And this is kind of us coming out of the other end of it. So noticing things like that, like noticing what are the changes going on in your cycle? Are you getting more pain? I find them a lot more painful. Mine are shorter but heavier and a lot more painful. Might notice night sweat. I've noticed this a bit more recently, just of a night waking up, sweating, sweating, insomnia, migraines are horrendous. That's when I know my cycle's coming. I track it anyway, but that's when I know. And when you're when the egg supply starts to decline, which is naturally something that's gonna happen. Our estrogen and our progesterone, which are two of our main female hormones. So I'll talk a little bit about them. So our estrogen 
it promotes reproductive health, it preserves our bone density, it encourages hair growth, it helps us sustain a normal body temperature, and it plays a central role in re regulating all of our bodily functions. Progesterone, on the other hand, um, it promotes con conception, supports pregnancy, and it is like chemical messengers throughout the body. And estrogen and progesterone will start to decline dramatically in the body and fluctuate dramatically. So when they decline and when they fluctuate, this falls onto all the other systems in the body that have relied on these two hormones and you start to feel it. And this is why when people have said for blood tests, for testing, for perimenopause and menopause are not really that reliable because one day your hormones can be high, the next day your hormones can be low. So blood tests aren't always a reliable way. These symptoms that we're talking about are normally the most reliable ways to, to say. That's why they're not, it's not something that, and you'll notice doctors will always test for it. And when they do, sometimes it comes back normal but you might have all the other symptoms so a blood test isn't something to rely on listen i'm not a doctor but this is just the research that i've read um the changing in estrogens is basically just because ovaries aren't releasing the eggs as, as regularly as they used to this is what's causing the change so early on in perimenopause and this is anything from 35 upwards this early stage of it um, you're going to have more estrogen and less progesterone short or short or long and heavier cycles the pain the pms maybe some premenstrual spotting the bloating which is a massive thing for me and if you do follow me on social media please go and check out the video that i done in august where i covered a whole month of bloating and a whole month of a cycle change because i think it's really insightful to see it in pictures as well headaches will come on sleep issues anxiety depression irritability and rage and this is all the early part of perimenopause now obviously this can be just signs and symptoms of daily life but if you are around this age and you're noticing those things that i've just started to say this is the early symptoms the later symptoms are where estrogen starts to drop your periods get further apart hot flushes night sweats vaginal dryness and the risk of any cardiovascular osteo and diabetes can go up because of the changing in the estrogen in the estrogen levels that are going on now this might all sound a little bit negative might it that these things are happening but everything that we're going through is a natural thing it's a natural transition that happens in a woman's life and the bit of bad news I have got is the most intense intense symptoms are coming in perimenopause. But what you will find is as you go along and further along, even if some symptoms carry on into menopause and postmenopause, they won't be as intense. But the reason I wanted to do this 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 podcast today is to say that the more educated you are, the more you open up and speak to other people. So, you know, I'm talking about this now. So you might be listening to this going, yeah, but I've been feeling like this or I know someone who's feeling like this or so-and-so is. The reason I'm talking about it is because I'm feeling it. So if I'm feeling it, I know other people around my age and older are feeling it as well. So why aren't we talking about it? So I know it's a bit of a taboo subject and I know lately it's got a bit more, you know, celebrities coming out. It's a bit of a buzzword at the minute, isn't it? But the likes of like our cycles and our periods and our perimenopause and our hormones and all this shit that we have to go through is still seen as a bit taboo isn't it we don't talk about it as openly as we would if someone said oh um, I sprained my ankle oh that's fine yeah when you talk about that or like 
I've got a hangover and things like that. So I think this is the time now when we need to break the stigma and really open ourselves up. You know, we, we, we've got this time now to look inwards and become more reflective on everything that we have. You know, and as I said, if we resist it, it's going to be a little bit harder. Let's slow ourselves down. Let's start being gentle to ourselves, but also let's stop judging ourselves as well because everything that you're going to be going through or have gone through or are going through, Everyone else, every other woman your age or around your age is either going through or gone through all this. But because no one talks about it, we think we're the little weirdo in the corner and it's not happening to anyone else. And if you do, and you have for a while followed me on social media, you will see I'm quite open about the, the shit that boils my piss, basically, excuse my French, or stuff that I see out there, which is false advertisement for, like, women especially, and I'm I'm not being sexist when I talk about women on this, but this is my niche, and there's so much judgment from ourselves, from others, um, and I think we just kind of need to stop it, don't we, because what'll start to happen now in perimenopause, any feelings that we've suppressed, maybe for all of our life, or through like our 20s and our 30s, they're going to start coming up, and there's going to be a greater need for self-expression, a greater need for you to face these things that are coming up, you know, everyone's going to be different when it comes to perimenopause, everyone's hormonal landscape is going to be different, everyone's cycle is going to be different, and we're all going to go through it in different ways, but there's going to be a lot of familiarity I can't even say that word and a lot of stuff where you're going to be going through the same as someone else so why aren't we talking about it because the more we talk about it the more we open up the conversation the more we can support each other but it's not just about talking about it with each other as well talking about it with your partners your husbands your wives um, talking about it with your kids, your grandkids, speaking to your colleagues in work, speaking to your managers in work, you know, getting them involved because as we go through it, there's going to be changes. There may be days where you're getting maybe a bit of brain fog, where you've got headaches, where you just feel a little bit shit, you haven't had any sleep, you're starting to get hot, you can feel that rage coming up. You're getting those anxiety feelings. But if we've not talked about it, we're going to snap at people. We're going to be off with people. And then their attitude's going to come back. So I think the more open we are and the more we can talk about these things, you know, these symptoms are going to be physical and emotional symptoms. And as I said before, it could be stuff that you've suppressed and you've pushed away. And then all of a sudden, it's starting to bubble to the surface and you don't know why. And you don't know what's going on and you're trying to suppress them. But the more you suppress it, the harder it's going to be. So this is time to start to, f- to face things. And this is the time where you can step into your power, into the autumn, ready to go through this transition. As I said, it's just a natural process that everyone goes through. But I think because it is seen sometimes as so sciencey and so like, oh, let's not talk about it. I'm going through it and you probably are, but let's not talk about it because then if we don't talk about it, it's not really happening. Or if we don't talk about it, then we don't look like the weirdo. But everyone else is going through it and sometimes you just need to have a good chat. Loads of things are going to start happening. There's going to start being changes with the skin. There's going to start being changes with the hair, you know. As I've, I've talked through some of the symptoms, and now there is so many symptoms, so, 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 so many, and they're going to be more intense in perimenopause, but the more we are prepared for them, the better. We're going to be getting hot flashes, as I said, vaginal dryness, weight gain, which is something I've noticed, um, mood swings, depression, irritability, irregular periods, and sometimes loss of libido as well. But that doesn't mean that just because we're going all through this, okay, then we're just stuck now, so what, we just go through it and we just got to put up with it. 
but no that's not the thing and there's so much you can do for each for yourself and for others as well so one of the main things i always say is to look at your nutrition start to eat complex carbs start to get your lean protein in focus on those healthy fats and get your vitamin and minerals in especially calcium because as your estrogen declines so does your bone density and then it goes down and goes down and goes down and that's not what we want we want to keep our our um our bones and our muscles as strong as we can and as we as our estrogen drops more and more and more it makes us our fat distribution around the middle get a little bit more what we want to try and avoid as much as we can is spicy foods saturated and trans fats refined sugar excess salt and excess alcohol and caffeine not saying you can't have any of them but the excess ones you know getting that wholesome diet in getting wholesome food in it's going to help control weight, it's going to help relieve any symptoms, it's going to drop the risk of any heart disease, it's going to help prevent osteoporosis and it's going to boost your moods as well and they're the type of things that we want. But another thing we can do is get moving. Now sometimes in perimenopause the desire to move is going to drop. Sometimes it's going to be the last thing you want to do, especially if you're feeling hot, you're sweating, you're irritable, you haven't slept and 35% of women aged 45 to 54 are not active. So we need to start bringing that down. We need to really look at our bone health as well because, you know, we're going to lose muscle mass, sarcopenia, which I spoke about before, and we're going to lose bone density. And we need to look at the whole 360 of our lifestyle. The benefits to movement are really similar to the benefits of our getting a good nutrition. And, you know, we're controlling weight, we're boosting our mental health reducing our risk of cardiovascular disease we're preventing osteoporosis it's increasing your feelings of in- intimacy and not just with other people with yourself as well and it helps tackle any sleep problems sleep um, is one of the things that sometimes really really like goes with people because with the night sweats and the anxieties can really keep you up at night and that's what we want to be looking for we want to be looking at there's no going to be no one size fits all when it comes to these things, but we can look at these things as well. And we want to try and start reducing our stress. When someone asks, how are you feeling? How often do we all just go, I'm fine? I'm fine. When we're not, we'll fall into bits inside, but we tell people that we're fine. All these fluctuating hormones are going to have a massive effect on our mental health. And women are two to four times more likely to experience some form of major depression at perimenopause and at postmenopause. So if we're if we've got the tools and we're equipped to deal with what's going on, we've researched it, we've got the education, then we can put this to bed and we and no pun intended. You know, progesterone is our calming and relaxed hormone. So when this starts to fall, we can become more irritable and more angry. So the more we know these things, the more we can track our symptoms. And that's why I was saying before, tracking your cycle is one of the the best forms of self-care, but one of the most important things that you can do. Because the more you can see symptoms coming and the more you've got control and you see a pattern, the more you can dip in and deal with it and sometimes by writing stuff down it helps you be able to process it more by writing stuff down then you can start talking to other people about it so even though sometimes when you talk about all these things it can seem like such a negative thing and all these things are going to start coming up and we're going to be um we're going to be feeling these ways if we educate and empower ourselves we can go through this natural transition of time 
more equipped with the better things to go on and move ourselves forward. So I hope this has been helpful. Please pass it on to anyone you know. Anyone in their 30s, even 20s, needs to be listening to this. The more you prepared you are going forward, the better it's going to be and it's going to help with the transition. I love your feedback as always. Thank you for listening. And if you're listening on Spotify or on Apple, leave me a rating and review. And if you've got any questions, my contact details are in the description. Have a wonderful rest of September and I'll be back next month. Bye. 